The road to redemption has brought the Warriors back home. The Golden State Warriors are the 2017 NBA champions. The Golden State Warriors, your 2017 NBA champs. Seku Smith from NBA.com, my main man, Lane Whitaker. Yo. In New York. Stunner, shocker, surprise, not really. Kevin Durant and the Warriors get the job done, Lang. Handle the Cleveland Cavaliers in game five of the finals. A 129-120 win that solidifies their three-year ride. I mean, this thing has been three years in the making. Pre-Durant, certainly with Durant this season. He wins finals MVP, averaging 35.2 points. Shooting a ridiculous 55.6% from the floor. Mm-hmm. An, an insane 47% from three. 92% from the line, eight rebounds, five plus, you know, five plus assists, 1.6 blocks. I mean, what didn't he do? What what didn't Durant do in his first finals MVP performance? I thought it was really apparent in, in game five in that fourth quarter when, you know, it was like an eight-point game, 10-point. Cle- Cleveland was keeping it just within range where you thought, well, this thing's not over. And, and KD just made big shot after big shot. And he yeah. wasn't afraid to take those shots. <laughs> and, and he was making every single one. And you, I I think at the time I tweeted, like, he's clearly ready for this moment. Yeah. You know? And and he, I thought, to me, that was the most impressive. That fourth quarter of, of game five, he, he was not going to let them lose that game. And, and he was incredible, I thought. I thought the end of game three and and certainly the the, the finisher – you know, game five. Yeah, he showed you that not only is he a, a big time scorer and player. I mean, he's got everything. And I don't know that we appreciated the entire scope of his game before he played with the Warriors this year. It's like to me, a lot of people seem like they're coming around now to this idea of him not just as an elite scorer, which he's been forever, but him as a truly elite two-way, big-time crunch performer right there with LeBron to me when you talk about most devastating players on the planet, the guys who impact the game more yeah. than anybody. He's right, you know, he's right there behind LeBron to me. I feel like the sort of the shrinking of the NBA over the last four or five years and, you know, the way it's gone smaller and we have stretch fives basically out there, I think that benefits Durant defensively because yeah. now – he doesn't. He's not chasing guys out around the perimeter um, as much. He he can. He's able to kind of sit back and play in the post. And every once in a while, he still gets out there and he can guard guys out there. But I I thought really that was a big difference from two years ago when these, or even from last year when they played in the finals was uh, if you have Durant and Draymond Green in there, that's basically two seven foot wingspans around the rim, and it, it makes it harder to to finish in the paint right. unless you're Kyrie Irving who can you know finish in a car wash. <laughs> But, but uh, for the most part, I think that that was a big wrinkle that changed things a lot for the Warriors defensively. But I know Durant has also said, I, "I've always been a good two-way player." Yeah, people didn't notice it. Yeah, you didn't. I mean, I don't think we gave him the credit he he had earned, you know, for for what he showed us while he was in Oklahoma City. And let me before we go any further, the reaction of people around the the league and the sports world to the Warriors winning it, Durant being finals MVP, his, the whole move dating back to the 4th of July a year ago, the whole thing. I saw a lot of people eat their words and a lot of people come back and praise Durant and say, hey, you know, it's not like he just ring chased. He went and ring hunted. He went and hunted a ring and then was the catalyst for his team winning. There's only one thing I've read that really turned my stomach, you know, in terms of reaction. It was in the Oklahoman. Um, <laughs> Trophy wife? 
dude, what? I mean, yeah. That to me, at some point, you gotta move beyond the sting of whatever you think this guy did to you, and, and recognize him for what he accomplished. And I, I thought that was about as disingenuous a take on on Durant's finals. And you know what it reminded me of when I was there last year or two years ago during the regular season, and I and I told Nia Junio, who was my field producer on a you know game night we were doing out there, that I didn't think that town. And and not the people, but just the 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 city, the scope of that city, the media, you know, and everything. I didn't think it was was going to be a fit for Durant and Westbrook for the remainder of their careers. And that that story, the trophy wife take, that reminded me, and probably reminded Kevin Durant because I'm sure he heard about it. Somebody had to bring it up to him. That is exactly why you struggle in those markets to appreciate when you have a great player like this. I mean. Cleveland, for all the disdain they had for LeBron James, all the jersey burning and everything else, I, I distinctly remember them not going there when he went to Miami and won championships. Not not the average dude on the street, but certainly the people who write and cover that team, they didn't take those shots. Terry Pluto didn't take those shots. Right. You know, Bill Livingston, and I, I could maybe they did on a on a cool summer Cleveland summer night. When they wanted, you know, when they got a little upset about it, but that wasn't their initial reaction. And for that to be the and and I read some of the comments afterwards too, like, well, great, you know, great perspective, and Durant's a whiny, and then, and I thought to myself, man, do you guys have no appreciation for what this guy did when he was there? Yeah, you know, it's it's very it's disheartening, and it's like I said, it's one of the reasons why you look at that situation and go, well, you know, maybe they maybe it was good that he got out of there, maybe it was good for him that he went somewhere else and got a chance to I, to do I his never, thing. I never thought a lot about it this last summer when people were saying, you know, that, well, you know, he, he's joining a super team and he's ring chasing and all that. And I, I never like, I, I was like, he did something, he, he did what he was allowed to do. Right. right? Like <laughs> the rules are set up this way. And so did the warriors, you know, yeah. to give them credit to, to say like, Oh, what they did is bad for, well, you know what they did? They drafted great. Yeah, they, and they, they drafted their players. Yeah. yeah. They drafted three guys and had them all on rookie deals and set themselves up to do basically the best thing they could do, which was to have those three, you know, have clay stuff and uh, Draymond and then be able to add Durant to it. Exactly. That being said, Durant also had the opportunity to do um, what he wanted to do. And if you want to say, well, the only, you know, the way you're supposed to develop a team is you have to draft these guys and develop them. Uh, well, o- Oklahoma City traded away Harden, so yeah, you know, so so Durant had a big three there, and then that didn't stick together. So it was up to him to choose what he wanted to do, and you know, all of this discussion about all these things. I'm like, well, let's everything worked the way it's supposed to work. I think for for these guys, I don't have a problem with, and, and we have hashed over these things since the decision yeah. about you know. It's free agency. A guy's got an opportunity to, to pack his bags and go elsewhere during free agency. They only get that opportunity a couple times right. throughout the course of their careers. If you, if you don't want to do to leave, make it impossible for him to vacate the premises. And clearly that didn't happen. I think KD should feel vindicated. I think he should f- – he doesn't have to spend another year, another day, another minute worrying about what he left behind because – he accomplished exactly what he set out to in his first year away. LeBron left Cleveland and then came back four years later. Right. I don't think we need to worry about KD going down memory lane one day and, and trying to go back to the Thunder. I think that door has closed. I don't know. I mean, it seemed like LeBron's door closed, too, when he left. You know, it seemed like he wasn't going to be back anytime soon. 
Uh, I, I, the other thing with KD is, I mean, it's it hasn't even been a year since he left, you know, and who knows, five years from now, feelings might change. I don't know. I, I think if there's anything I've learned, you never say never. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to say never. <laughs> never. Never. So what, what's your biggest takeaway from, from the finals? Is, is it the 16-1? and one? Is it KD getting his first finals MVP and winning his first title? Is it Steph kind of going under the radar, you know, but certainly making amends for his struggles in his previous two finals? What, what's the one thing, if you, if you only get one thing 10 years from now to remember about the 2017 finals, what is it? It's a good question. I mean, maybe maybe these will be remembered as the KD finals. Mm-hmm. It's it's still so it feels too soon to to look back at it, but I guess maybe yeah, the the emergence of KD. Um, one thing that I that bothered me the last couple of weeks was you heard all these people talk about how like the the road to the finals for those two teams, you know, they only lost one game between the two of them, and everybody's like, well, it's clearly two teams, and everyone else is so far behind, and right. you know, and I I always felt like well. There was a extenuating circumstances here. Like if Kyle Lowry's healthy, I'm pretty sure that's not a four game sweep. If Isaiah Thomas is healthy, I'm pretty mm. sure. I don't know, but I'm if Isaiah Thomas is healthy, I think that series is a different. Huh? Um, if if Kawhi Leonard doesn't get hurt, I, I bet that series plays out a little differently. I'm not saying they wouldn't make the finals, right? I just think that would have been more competitive. And you think it would have gone one more game, maybe? May I don't know. I mean. It, couldn't have been less for the Warriors. Um, but, I, you know, I, I just feel like it, there was other things at play there that kind of smoothed the path for these two teams to get back to the finals. Aren't um, they, I mean, but there's always something going on. The, yeah. These were clearly head and shoulders the two best teams, right? Yes. I mean, we're not debating that. I know I was at the game where Kawhi got hurt, and, and everybody blames Zaza, which was – incorrect if you ask me you're up 25 Zaza just turned his ankle on stepping I mean uh, Kawhi just turned his ankle stepping on David Lee Mm -hmm. and he probably shouldn't even been in the game you know we can in hindsight now we can examine it a little differently I don't Uh, know man I I could be up 40 against the Warriors I'd still have my starters out there I'm sure you would but I'm saying (laughs) don't blame it on Zaza because you had to keep Kawhi on the floor you know like it wasn't Zaza's fault that was just the basketball gods at work sorry Greg Popovich you got five championships they decided you weren't getting a six this year. Do you? Th- uh, let me ask you this: Do you think it would have been a different series? Let's say one of those two teams doesn't make it. Let's say Boston upsets Cleveland. You think they'd have had any better shot than the Cavaliers of staying with the Warriors? I think the Warriors would have swept them. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why that's why I picked the Warriors in five. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> if the Warriors had somehow gotten knocked off, do you think the Spurs would have beaten Cleveland? I mean, since we're playing hypothetical, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think, I, just those, I think like, it was one of them two winning it or nothing. Yeah, and and, and I thought it was pretty clear that it was going to be which one of the two was going to be the one to win it. I haven't seen Cleveland in person throughout those playoffs. I think the best offensive team they played was might might have been Indiana in the mm-hmm. first round. Um, you know, and the Pacers almost won that first game. They, right. they were up twenty six in the second half of that one game, um, and then they played that Toronto team without Lowry, and they played Boston without Isaiah, and. And then you all of a sudden have to play the historically maybe the best offense of all time, right? Um, so I, to me, it was um, it might have been the two best teams, but if you're Cleveland, I mean, so what do you do now? <laughs> you, 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 you see how you match up against that Warriors team. You know that Warriors team is going to you know be the bottleneck for the next couple of years. Right? How, how do you tweak or change or what do you do to to get past 
that Warriors team. Because you know you're better than – you know you're way better than the other 28 teams, right? <laughs> well, you you think you are. I mean, you don't know, obviously, about the teams in the West. You never faced any of them in a the playoff series. Right. But you assume that, you you know, if the way the Cavaliers played against the Warriors, that would have been good enough to beat most likely anybody else from the West. You know, the yeah. one team that didn't work against is the one they, unfortunately for them, had to deal with. I can't see the Rockets standing up to what Cleveland brought to the finals. I think the Spurs would have had an unbelievably difficult time, you know, healthy or not, dealing with what LeBron showed us in the finals. So I, and I don't know who else you think would have been competitive. Yeah, well, especially if they're going to score 86 points in the first half of a yeah. game. <laughs> they, they I mean, it's ridiculous. Game four. I don't know what you do. I think I thought LeBron was as reflective as we've seen him in that situation trying to – put into words what mm-hmm. we all knew he was you know and he said it uh, you know at the podium after the eastern conference finals like he's like i don't want to think about the warriors right now mm-hmm. and in that that challenge it, it, he knew what was coming i almost feel like he's the only one over there who understood exactly what was coming in the final so I don't, i'm not sure i'm buying into all of this well they got to go out and get paul george and get this guy and that guy it all sounds good in theory but adding any of, any of those guys is not like a 73-win Warriors team adding Kevin Durant. And I know it, it, that you figure, well, we just go out and get another guy so we have four, you know, superstars or whatever. Uh, I don't know if Cleveland plays a style that allows them to do what the Warriors did in adding KD. I, I really don't because I feel like Cleveland's ball-dominant players are much different. Like Kyrie has to have – a certain amount of control over the ball to be as effective as he needs to be. Right. LeBron does at this stage of his career. You know, it's not like you can play LeBron off the ball for 25 minutes of his time on the floor and get everything you need out of LeBron. Right. He's shooting it great, but I don't know if he's that kind of shooter. You know, whereas KD and Steph, they could basically take turns, and you can still have Draymond handling the ball. Clay gets to do what he does. Andre Iguodala was fantastic. Yeah, you know, and he gets to you know play exactly the way he needs to play to be effective. I just don't know if the Cavs' future is as clear cut as the Warriors in terms of well, we go out and add this one player and it puts us into that next strategy. Yeah, the the one thing with Cleveland to me that kind of stood out in, in just like a, not a one player thing but a general thing was you know every time the last couple of years they've had a chance to add a player they've chosen um, experience over athleticism basically and yeah. you look at you know Richard Jefferson Channing Fry Kyle Korver You're Darren saying Williams. Kyle Korver was not the answer? Is right. that is that what you're telling me? No, I'm just saying in general that they they've got a, a group of guys, 5 6 guys on their roster that are older players and uh, it yeah. showed against Golden State to me. I mean, yeah. you, Golden State had Patrick McCall out there playing big minutes, right. you know, and, and the Cavs haven't really as a franchise, develop a lot of younger guys like that or, or role player type guys, um, and you know I think it you kind of saw that um, highlighted in in the finals, and, and that's something I think in as a franchise that look going forward they they they've got to get a little younger and get a little um, more flexible maybe from from that standpoint. Well, they have no cap flexibility. Right. I mean, you look at their roster and the salaries they got, and David Griffin's contract is up. Mm-hmm. June 30th. He doesn't have a new deal yet. Is is Dan Gilbert looking at somebody else to lead him into this next phase? You think, or does you know does Griffin get a chance to try and figure it out and and take him to that next place? I'd give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, I know we both know him and like him, and and I, I mean, I think he's earned the chance to take him to that next level. They they've had a lot of GMs over the years, yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know what Dan Gilbert's uh, path is on this, but I, if it's me, I I mean, this is the guy who helped our franchise get our first championship in whatever it was, fifty two years in Cleveland. Let's uh, I'd keep him in there, give him another shot. Yeah. But again, the bigger question is. What are you going to do? How how do you get this team? What do you do to make them better than the Warriors? Clone LeBron. <laughs> what? I'm saying I don't. You know, I I know you've seen what it looks like with a with a your own quote unquote big three yeah. with Kevin Love as your third guy, and it doesn't work. I think the drop off. You know, you got. I mean, it's basically an an imbalance. Clay can deal with Kyrie as best anybody can deal with the the most difficult shot maker in the league. Mm-hmm. You got KD and, and LeBron kind of crossing each other out. And the, but, but you got Steph, you got Draymond, you got Iguodala. You have three other guys that Kevin Love does not neutralize in any way, shape, or form. I mean, he, he doesn't outplay Draymond. He doesn't match up with Steph at all. And he doesn't match up at all with Iguodala. So you either need... So you either have to flip that and you have to have Kevin Love outplay those guys and make it where they can't stop him. Right. Or try to change the equation and try to, you know, instead of having another front court guy that they can't stop, maybe you try to find someone that is a Steph Curry, you know, matchup problem. Right. Um, but does that change, you know, I and again, know uh, yeah. Who that is. It, it always, <laughs> yeah. He's a two-time MVP. I mean, Andrew – it's funny, you know, the name Andrew Wiggins has popped up now for a lot of people. Like, oh, they should have never traded Wiggins, you know, to get love. And uh, and I and I think about what Wiggins would look like playing on that Cavs roster. That would have been one more live body yeah, to deal with that worship. I don't know if it have worked. You know, you don't know what the dynamic would have been. But, I mean, yeah. this is a team that lost 31 regular season games, right? So it's, it's not like Cleveland was out there setting the pace during the regular season with the group they have. They were clearly a team that had, the, you know, the, the playoffs and really the finals eyeballed as their their time to shine, and they, they didn't have enough. Yeah. They didn't Flip have the enough. Switch. They flipped it in the East, and until they had to go get on that plane and go West, the switch worked fine. They got they, yeah. they crossed the Rockies, and it was like flipping, 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 and it wasn't working. So. <laughs> the light bulb had blown. Light bulb went out. But – I don't know if it's the Cavs' problem or the entire league's problem of what you could do to deal with this Warriors team that looks like a dynasty in the making. So in a in an endeavor that I'm sure will be going on around the league this summer and during free agency, let's come up with it. I'm going to challenge you to come up with a starting five that could compete with the Warriors. And uh, and we'll get our main man, John Schumann, of the Schumann stat, and uh, who helped us rock it on the Hangtime Podcast during the finals, of course, to weigh in with his own five uh, and figure out if we can come up with a foil for the for the Golden State Warriors. Shoe, what's up, sir? You made it home safe from the finals, fellas. What's going on? We're good. I am here. Um, we've Still missed out. We've now. missed out on the trivia and the Schumann stat here recently. We I know we've been jab, jibber jabbering nonstop throughout the course of the finals, but we need some. We need some of the. Some vintage Schumann trivia coming out of the finals in, for the Schumann stat this week. All right. So in the playoffs, LeBron James averaged 33, 9, and 8. This was the seventh 
time that he has averaged at least 25, 7, and 7 in at least 10 playoff games, over at least 10 playoff games. Okay. And it's, each, and it's his last seven times with the Cavs. He never did it with Miami. He didn't do it in his first playoff year with the Cavs, but mm. in 07, 08, 09, 2010, 15, 16, and 17, he averaged at least 25, 7, and 7. Okay, I'm, so com- I'm completely times. confused already, but keep going. Okay, I say this only, is true. Only six other players have ever done it once. Oh, Lord. Two guys have done it twice and then four guys have done it once. So he's okay. done it seven times. All right. um, the rest of the NBA, in NBA history, it's only been done eight times by six different players. 25-7-7. Yeah. 25-7-7 and seven over at least ten playoff games. Wow, okay. So it's got to be guys who've played a lot of playoff games, or at least yeah, a couple I series. Yeah, I mean, yeah, two right. you gotta, you got to win a round, basically. Right. Um, yeah. One guy is active, and then the rest are retired. All right, the other active dude. That shouldn't be too hard. Steph? No. 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 So you're approaching triple-double numbers here, right? right. So who's the active guy? Well, I was thinking Russ, but... Russ. Russell Westbrook. Did he do that with... Yeah, I was going to say. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't. 2014 um, with Oklahoma City averaged... 27, 7, and 8 in 19 playoff games. So there's your active guy. Mm-hmm. The other five are all retired. Did Larry Bird ever do it? Larry Bird did it twice. He's one of the yeah. guys that has done it twice. Larry Bird in 86 and 87, uh, 26, 9, and 8, 27, 10, and 7. <laughs> what about Jordan? Michael Jordan once, 1989, 35, mm-hmm. 7, and eight in mm-hmm. 1989 um sort of when they won their championships he either came short in assists or, or right. rebounds one or the other um, magic, did in 89 magic johnson no magic, magic didn't score like short that. on the yeah. point yeah he never if, scored if like you that. if you did 27 and 7 magic would be there three times but 25 7 and 7 no wow so so you got bird you got jordan you got westbrook what about three du- more guys what about Dwayne wade did he ever do it nope Dang it. Nope. I thought Wade might have done it. Uh, All right, so we're talking uh, Westbrook. Who's the retired who, who what retired Oscar. player may have been? Oh, yeah. Oscar Robertson. Yeah. Correct, did it twice. He's the other one that's done it twice, 63 and 64. Uh, 32, 13, and 9 in the 63 playoffs over 12 games. And then 29, 9, and 8 in the 64 playoffs over 10 games. He's the minimum. So two more guys. One of them, you're going to need some hints with these guys. Um, <laughs> we need a hint with the other ones. A Jordan contemporary. Uh-huh. Um, sort of the uh, poor man's Michael Jordan in Clyde? the uh, early 90s. Clyde Drexler? Clyde Drexler. The poor right. man's Michael Jordan. Is that what they call him? <laughs> well, that's what I thought of him. You know, like, uh-huh. remember they were in the dunk contest? You know, like, Clyde right, right. would do, like, all the same dunks, but just in a worse, in, in, just like, <laughs> without, without as much flair. Just not know? as well. So Clyde did it. Cl- no offense, Clyde Dressler. We got love for you, Drex. Yeah. Jordan had his own Clyde. shoes, and Clyde had kangaroos. You remember? <laughs> <laughs> Clyde did ninety-two, twenty-six, seven, and seven in the ninety-two playoffs. Wow. Uh, and the last guy is a tough one. Um, <laughs> Boston Celtics legend John Havlicek. Uh, 
John Havlicek, correct. Yes. 26, 9, and 8 wow. in the 68 uh, playoffs. Mm. So I, was, I thought that, that was pretty interesting. LeBron's done it seven times in NBA history. It's been it's done preposterous. eight other times. <laughs> you just, seriously. Shoot, pretty I, ridiculous. I mean this with all respect. Do you just go home and wrap yourself up in the matrix like in these numbers? That is the most detailed, drilled down to the bones <laughs> You think know, I can think of like you know someone's you know someone's like nerdy about the numbers when like Zach Lowe is making fun of you on Twitter for for being into numbers. The one other thing about LeBron, he shot like fifty six fifty six point five percent this year. That among this group is like by far the best field goal percentage. Right. Um, among the group, like he's shot fifty percent or better four times when in with the twenty five seven and seven. Other guys have done it only twice. Jordan. That one Jordan season, he shot 51, and one of the birds shot seasons, he shot 52%. So he shot the hell out of it, too, from all over the place this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. 40% yeah. from three. Yeah. You know? I mean, he was ridiculous. You know, and, and we, we've already been through the whole GOAT conversation. I, I tweeted out during the finals, I don't care about the GOAT conversation, but, man, he is a brilliant basketball mind. Like, just the way he was playing, the way he was finding guys, making the right play. I mean, I'll give him credit. He always tries to make the smart play. It doesn't always work out. It might not always be the best play. But I I admire the way that he always makes this, you know, he he goes for the smart play and not whatever the glory play might be or the highlight play might be. It's it's beautiful to watch that guy work the way he does. You know, I mean, we like to think back to, like, as kids when we saw, if we went to a game when – when Michael Jordan was playing live, but like right. we should also appreciate what we're seeing now. Like the fact that we get paid to go watch this dude play basketball. Yeah. I, um, someone made the, live. So, someone made the, you know, we've had all these Jordan LeBron comparisons, but I thought somebody made the comment that, you know, LeBron gets criticized for passing it to Kyle Korver for that corner three or whatever. But like, Jordan made Jordan, those same plays. Jordan passed the ball to Kerr. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. He threw it to Winnington under the basket. Like right. I mean, he, he made the same plays, but you know, sometimes it works out differently. Yeah. So. All right, look, Shu, you gave us trivia. We give you something A else. Question. Yes. And this week, I'm I'm throwing this out there to both you guys. Give me five a starting five that you would put there put out there on the floor against this Warriors team that's just won a championship that you think could compete and or whip the starting five of the Warriors. And it's got to be the Zaza, Katie, Draymond, Steph, and Clay starting five for the Warriors. And you can mm. choose from all other current players, active players on the 29 other teams in the league. All right, first thing I'm going to do is put LeBron on the at the four. Yeah. Like that's like my first thing is put put LeBron on and put him at the four. That way you can put a little extra shooting around him. Mm-hmm. That would be my first thing. Okay. So LeBron? I agree with that. I would put a I would put a big man center in there who can rebound and just focus on rebounding. Yeah, whatever. Because that's, you know. I yeah, because that, that, that worked for Tristan Thompson anyway. Well, but it takes off takes up some of their guys. Um, I don't know. That's what I would do. I would go for like uh, Carl Towns or DeAndre Jordan or somebody who can – yeah, I was thinking DeAndre Jordan, like because then you can run pick and roll also, and he can draw, you know, he can draw weak side defenders in if you they play pick and roll with him. And he's athletic enough to run out on three point shooters. You guys are out of your mind. Um, give me five, shoot, give me your five, and then Lang, you give me your five. Right. It shouldn't be that hard. All right. 
All right, so I'll start with LeBron at the four, and then I'll put Kawhi Leonard at the three. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul at the point guard, because I want some defense mm-hmm. uh, at the point, and a, a, a passer and a, you know, a good shooter. I think he's the most complete point guard, basically. Um, at the two, let's see. Give me some help. Who, who, who would you... Harden? I'm not giving you my five. I'm going to give you my five in a second here. Yeah, Harden. Uh, let's see. I would want I mean, you need more scoring, of a two-way right? player, right? Like, I mean. What about, like, Jimmy Butler? Lang, you get your – listen. We're collaborating, man. You How got, about Paul George? This is this what got Cleveland in trouble, <laughs> trying to figure this out, putting heads together. Right, and the next thing you know, it's right, a five-game sweep. Paul, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and who? It's a tough one. I'll go DeAndre Jordan. All right. I'll say that. All right. Lang, give me your five. All right. So here's what I'd do. I'd go um, LeBron at the four, like like John said. Uh, I guess Kawhi. Yeah, I might try to – so if I'm going to try to do something different than teams have done against this team, I'll go with Giannis at the three. And I'll put Kawhi at the two. Mm-hmm. And uh, – and then have a big guy, like I thought, at center, like DeAndre. And then at point guard, I want someone else who can score and help mm-hmm. LeBron carry that load. Um, I feel like um, Giannis is there almost as for the for defense and flexibility switching stuff. Um, so at point guard, I'll put James Harden out there. All right. I don't need – by the way, I don't care about – position or designations or this is the foot look i need five dudes that can get up and down the floor score and defend at a high enough level against their five the one guy who i thought who i almost put on there at the two was bradley beal i think he'd be a good match for clay but go ahead yeah i look and i need firepower athleticism i can have a defensive weak link on this five not weak but just somebody who's not as strong because I'm not worried about them guard, you know, like how the Warriors match up with me on the other side. I need to be able to match them. I'm going with Russ and Harden in the backcourt. And mm-hmm. I know that's hard to believe, but I remember them playing together at one point early in their careers with a young Kevin Durant. I liked what I saw. Um, I'm going with LeBron and Kawhi at the forward spots. I think they're, they're great matchups. For KD and Draymond, I think they can match them on both ends and not and I not have a drop off. My game changer, my my X factor, I'm putting Isaiah Giannis Thomas at center. No, I'm putting Giannis no. at the five, and I'm gonna wear wow. our man Zaza out. I'm gonna have Zaza will be out of the game so fast. Trying to well, keep. I think you have to like pick a sixth man for when the Warriors go small. Like that's like. I All feel right, like, who's your yeah, who's your sixth man six. then? Who's your so six? If you're picking a team to beat the Warriors, you need a sixth guy. Okay, who's your sixth man? Mine would be I could throw Giannis as my sixth. So Paul, uh, Chris Paul, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, DeAndre Jordan, and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right. Because the Warriors, who would the Warriors' sixth guy be? Would it, would they pick Iguodala? You would think, yeah. right? Yeah. So they yeah, pick yeah. they pick Iguodala. That's their yeah. That's their that's their, their normal rotation. Line. Yeah. Timber Living's probably. Yeah. I would I would want. If I'm picking a sixth, I, I would want a guy who could shoot the lights out. Like I'd want a dude to come off the bench as a, and not be necessarily a certain position designation, but somebody who could just come in and light it up, just go flame. 
So I take and I and I thought about like Jimmy Butler or Paul George. I think I would I would take Paul George as my sixth man, but it would be hard because I'd want to take somebody like Devin Booker who could just come in and get buckets. And, you know, and I'm biased. Oh, you had to go there, right? The, yes, uh... I'm biased. I am biased, but I would take Paul George. I've got a pretty good man. six man on my team. Okay, Ky- Kyrie Irving. You know what? I thought about that. The only problem with Kyrie for me in that is I've seen him try and defend against. Well, he's my sixth man. Yeah, and that's he's, why he's coming off the bench. He's been he's, so bad defensively. I'm like, mm, I'm good on that. You know? I'll bring him off the yeah, bench the, and let him get to the rim a hundred yeah. times. The one thing is, yeah, the Warriors want to put make you play one on one, and he's going to play one on one. Oh, he's going to play one on one. You're going to get great results one night. You're going to get bad results the next night. That's <laughs> the issue. It, it, but it's interesting to think about. A lot of times when you're talking about matchups and teams, the Warriors. Everybody talks about them, the star-studdedness of their roster. You know, they got four stars and this and this. I thought the the other pieces fit so beautifully on this team this year, which we didn't know for sure how Zaza would play, um, mm. what David West would bring to the table, who I thought was great in Game 5, minus the kiss cam moment with uh, Tristan Thompson. Patrick McCall, who nobody saw coming as a contributor. He gets off the bench early you know, in a closeout game, in a, in a championship game, essentially, and plays well. Um, Don't forget about Livingston. JaVale McGee. Well, he, John John effectively killed JaVale's time in the final. John, I don't know, Lang, if you're hey, listen listening or watching, but every time they put a microphone in Schumann's face, he was like, well, the first thing the Warriors need to do is stop playing JaVale McGee. <laughs> <laughs> he was my game one MVP. He was a game changer off the bench. Shoe shoe murked him. Shoe made sure that he did not see the light of day after that. He was like, he said it on San Francisco radio, Bay Area radio. He was killing it. He was writing about it on NBA.com. He was like, you name it. Shoe was bashing. What what's up with you and Javale? You get no love lost between you and Javale? I got nothing wrong. I got nothing. If he played effectively, I would point it out. I just I, I was just pointing to the evidence. You know, the evidence <laughs> said that he he was not effective with that team and. Against or against that particular opponent, right. and uh, apparently somebody in uh, in uh, Oakland agreed. Somebody in the locker room listened. He was not. He did not see the floor in Game Five. Yes, uh, Shu. What was your final stat for the people that haven't seen it or heard about it? What What was your final stat from the finals? Like, what was your takeaway statistically that you focused on coming out of the finals? Uh, right after the game, I wrote a little bit about uh, Steph Curry. Uh, who registered a plus 245 for the 2017 postseason, which is the highest raw plus minus we've seen uh, in the playoffs. And that goes back to 96-97, so it's 21 wow. years. 96-97 um, is when we first have like play-by-play data, where they first track mm. every play, and then therefore you can see you know when a pl- what team statistics, you know when a player was off the floor versus when he was on. So plus minus goes back 21 years and. Curry's plus 245 was the best plus minus of any postseason for uh, beating a, a Kobe from the 2001 season, but also Draymond mm. Green passed that Kobe record also. Right. Um, and so I just pointed out, you know, how much Curry, even though, um, you know, Durant had the, you know, Durant was the finals MVP. I think Curry is still just an integral part of that Golden State offense where, you know, he's just, 
the the sort of the triple threat coming off of a pick and roll, you know, he can shoot obviously, and you got to play him to shoot, but he can take advantage of that and also get to the basket. And then obviously he's a, um, you know, a, one of them, a willing passer despite his sort of offensive talent. You know, despite his shooting talent, he's a he's a willing passer. He averaged, um, I think it was nine point four assists in the finals. He had fifteen secondary assists over the. Uh, five games which is twice as more than twice as many as anybody else in the series so right. um he's still just obviously a huge part of that offense and then green obviously you know he makes the defense go so right. those are the two sort of you know obviously durant mvp but those other guys were still huge parts of what the what the warriors were doing in the playoffs we have a develop de- developing situation on social media Uh-oh. um guys Le- lebron shaved his head i think what <laughs> <laughs> he went all the way bald. It's pretty close. It's more like the the Arthur Trish bald that we saw during the finals, <laughs> but it's it's pretty close. It's the cl- shortest it's ever been. He uh, he's posting photos of himself in the weight room um, today as the on Warriors are on Instagram. their parade. Man, give it a break. I mean, take a take a couple of days off. It is yeah. He is working. Out. It is time for him to sort of embrace you know, the baldness. No more you know, crying Jordans on the top of his head. Whether it would be him or Darren Williams who first embraced <laughs> their their baldness, uh, so maybe where, LeBron will be the one. Where's this? Where's this picture at? Lang on Instagram, on Twitter right now. Just on search Twitter? LeBron. I got to see this. As a, as a man who's battling his own hair issues, um, we all are to some extent. <laughs> I got love for LeBron embracing the bald. I'm not there. I'm not ready yet. I'm I'm not ready to uh to part ways with the fuzz I have left. Um look, we know the draft is coming up. Obviously, you know, we got <laughs> this, this LeBron this face he's making while yeah. Grow it back, bro. <laughs> grow it back. I don't care what somebody told you, grow it back. Um I I'm not ready for free agency and summer league and all that yet. I want to marinate on the finals for a couple more days. I know we, we got. We don't have time, man. The draft's in like four days. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, man. I, I, now I got to brush up on my on my draft info, but I'm not ready. I, the fi- that last game, shoot, we talked about it in the arena that night. Like, it was such. I know. I know it wasn't a long series. The games weren't necessarily super tight, but game five was like, if we'd have gotten seven game fives. That would have been spectacular. I mean, I love the some some high level basketball. Yeah, it was just we gotta realize that like the combination of of player skill and then spacing on the floor just makes for some you know incredible. I think some really high level, maybe the highest level of basketball that we've we've ever seen. And yeah. I think that you know that was it was we were talking before game five. It's like yeah, you know, couples want to go home. But you know, we just—I just wanted to see a really good game in Game yes. Five, and I think we saw that. Really, we really did. And the only, you know, ugliness was that the Cavs on that twenty-one to two Warriors run in the second quarter. Other than that, it was just—it was just shot forth. making back and forth all night long. I was like, man, this is. J.R. Smith was making. I mean, it was crazy. It was. Yeah. It was a fantastic game to watch. The atmosphere in Oracle was unbelievable. Um, it's parade time in Oakland. Um, so as much as I love talking to you two clowns all the time, uh, and Lord knows we spend a ton of time together. I, the other day I, I looked up and I was like, man, I got to go get lunch or whatever. And I was like, we're shooting and Lang. And I was like, oh, that's right. We're all at home. 
I realized that I realized a couple of weeks ago that that you and I have spent too much time together, Seku, because it was your birthday, and I got like four people put comments on my Facebook page. Like, talk to me. Hey man, I would would not rather spend that time with anyone else, but you, <laughs> but you jokers and the rest of the crew from NBA.com, NBA TV. Fantastic finals wrapped up. Um, gonna, I'm gonna go and and pull up a chair and watch a little bit of the uh, the parade action out in Oakland. Watch the Warriors revel in it and uh, talk to you boys later. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Be sure to leave a, a glowing review for the Hangtime Podcast here. And don't miss our NBA draft preview next week with our main man, Scott Howard Cooper, back from Treviso, Italy, and the uh, and all of his fun across the pond. We're going to get a chance to drill down with him on the Hangtime Podcast next week about the draft and get ready for draft night. I know you guys will be in New York mm-hmm. at the draft, so uh, enjoy that. And uh, we'll see you right here next week on the Hangtime Podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes for a new episode every single Thursday this season. And as always, people, remember, say kuna matata.